Welcome to The Cloaked. We are a collective of inquiring minds seeking answers to mysteries both past and present. Join us on our journey to discover that which remains hidden. And now, on with the show. Alright, welcome to another episode of The Cloaked. I'm your host, White Owl. Hey, it's Pandora. And today, before we start, uh, I have a bit of news here. Uh, if you can recall the TikTok uh, suitcase couple that was found, like murdered by the uh, by the uh, by there was the three individuals doing the Radonautica uh, app. Um, you know, they were they were out, you know, looking to find something. Uh, mysterious and they found the the suitcases uh off of shore and they found that there was a you know they they looked at, into it they it smelled funny they thought it was maybe something dead or whatever they ended up calling the cops and they ended up finding that it was a it was this couple that was been it was like actual dead bodies it was an actual dead body yeah, yeah. Um, yeah i remember that was crazy because it was like just like a bunch of teens right, right. That ended up finding these bodies on the yeah. rocks by and, the shore and that's one of the one of that's probably the story that kind of propelled the the app right uh in itself random nautica right because then people well we did an episode on it but right. then it was like hey random nautica is this app that leads you to some crazy stuff case in point this yes. which sai is still out there somewhere probably <laughs> uh, we don't know if sai ever recovered from random nautica but shout out to sai uh so it looks like the investigation has been afoot and the landlord has been arrested Oh shit! Uh, in the case, and it, it is terrible, absolutely terrible. Uh, it looks like the landlord killed these this couple um, over rent. And That's when crazy. you the, there's, I'll post the article, and you, which you can find here in Law and Crime. Uh, it looks like the the landlord was like in batshit crazy, and uh, there there there's just a lot to go over with the with this uh, case. Um, that I'm just gonna post it. Y'all guys could read it. It is insane uh, that this landlord did this and why the it, why so he did it. We're pretty sure that it was him, though. Like it's it, yes. I wonder how I they mean, like it, led to that. But. Well, I mean, they they went to go to search their uh, the couple's place of where their they apartment. lived. Yeah, because they had they, kids too, right? Like they yes, had two kids, but they didn't they... live there. Oh, okay. um so it, it and you, you'll see why we once you read the article the bad situation the landlord was a shitty landlord i mean this is a landlord straight out of hell um he was a fucking psychopath he did a lot of terrible things to these people um and he had uh, there's a history of cruelty to animals i'm not gonna mm. talk about it and he had a history of uh, he basically he's a, like, he's a pedophile and so I mean it's it, it, it's absolutely terrible it, it is um, he's a monster he's, he's a that's monster that's crazy how he could be a, a pedophile and then have like tenants with kids right well like, you said they didn't live there but, but they didn't live there but here's the other thing and not pe- this wasn't a, I don't think it was a known case yeah um so it, it wasn't like public knowledge it wasn't, wasn't public like, knowledge it's not like I registered think, or anything uh, yeah I think it's something that went into court or whatever and uh, there's an interview with the daughter, I, I believe. And, and so it's, it's just fucking insane. And speaking of insane, uh, Scientology 
you know, follower, Danny Madison, went to court a couple of days ago, uh, accompanied by his wizard friend, uh, his lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) He he looks like a fucking wizard. I'm sorry. With the white hair. With the white hair. He looks like something out of Harry Potter. Yes. uh, I think he was... Like the teacher or something? Was it that teacher with the the parted dark hair? But like if that hair was white. White. Yeah. What's his name? People are going to fucking be pissed. He, the actor passed away. He was a great actor. Um, anyways, uh, Mr. M- he even sounds like a wizard. Miseru? Miseru. Um, <laughs> and he, you know, he went there, I guess, uh, and, and Leon Remy went in there to support the accuser. Um, and, you know, as you know, Scientology is a fucking trip. We've mentioned it, and we talked about it a couple of times. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that... People are keeping their eye on because it's a big case because they know that there are other cases similar to what's happening here mm-hmm. um, with all this. Because he's being accused of like of rape three by three different women, three, three right? different women, yeah, of rape. But this is years ago, and he's since right. been married and whatever. And but it's kind of like three, okay, three different women, like three different women. You know, that's right. a lot. And yeah. then it's kind of from. It does tie into like involvement with Scientology, right? right? Like Be- both him well, and them. I know. I, think. I know one of the yeah. I think one or two of the women, or maybe all three, were involved with Scientology as well. So they were hushed by Scientology, mm-hmm. uh, which they're protecting Danny because I guess Danny's a high rank because he probably pays more, uh, and so it's one of those things where you know it it they're the Church of Scientology they're sanctioned by because of religion, right? And so they're they're protecting him because he's an asset essentially. Yeah, they're, they're getting money from him because he ha- he was on that Netflix, uh, the ranch, uh, but he's better known for the '70s show. Yeah, and so you know it's show. one of those things that you know um, I I feel like Scientology is probably paying for the lawyer as well. Uh, who who the fuck knows? But I know Scientology is a fucking you know massive a wall to deal with. Um, I mean, if you've seen the documentaries or Lee and Remy talk about it, um, you know, it, you know, they're batshit crazy. And, uh, you know, they've done a lot of things, in, which included, um, you know, uh, following people, targeting them, blackmailing them. And, of course, in some in, in some of the cases where they uh, false imprisoned them, you know, they had mm-hmm. them and they would take them to these camps out there in California and uh, they I'm from what I understand they have several camps around the US and uh, you know it's one of those things where they did a false imprisonment and they would hold you in these camps and they will track you they would make you they would make people work really hard building other shit and you weren't allowed to live uh, to leave this fucking place and so they they kept you and in my parents were none the wiser so, or if they right. were it was like well that's just how it is right like, that's exactly just... which which leads us to our main topic uh for today and this is something that pandora that you showed me and i thought it was very interesting because it's it's current and it's happening um and it's it's from the documentary um this is paris right i believe that's the name of, yes, the, of the documentary paris hilton. paris hilton yes that's the one and you know she talks about her life and some uh some moments that happened in her life and and, and you know why she became the person uh, which is the character that you know her as mm-hmm. um, because obviously a lot of people that actually know her know her that she's not like that and you see that in the documentary which is very interesting 
on what she talks about. And she she uh, speaks on many different points of her life, but uh, essentially she knows when she changed, when right. she became different. And so she pinpoints these pinnacle points in her life that changed her as who she is um, drastically, I think. And it's very interesting to see her talk so candid about her life. And, you know, she I, I just found it very interesting and what she talked about. And the reason that we're talking about this, we're speaking about this is because it kind of like her situation kind of reminds me of what Scientology did. Uh, yeah. To some of the people that were rebelling against them. People who grew up as kids, right? right? To Scientology right. parents and, and growing up in that yes. faith, if you can call it that. Call it that, right. And um. so, and, and if and if you can afford to have your kid basically taken and kidnapped and put into a camp to fix their attitude issues or whatever, this is something that you would send uh, your kid too. And some of y'all may know, or some of y'all have, may have experienced this situation. I don't know. But Pandora, where does this story take us? So, I mean, I, first of all, like I, I was told about this documentary by a, a coworker or friend, right? But right. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I just knew that it was going to be like, oh, it's kind of revealing like why she's kind of been laying low for a bit or right. she's, you know, being more like a businesswoman these days than the reality star star and right. like influencer party girl that we kind of like remember her to be so and i never really watched like the simple life and all that other stuff that you know she was known for but i right. mean unless you lived under a rock like you've heard of her you know who she is yeah yeah so i mean like i had this impression of her being like that right like ditzy whatever right. kind of like dumb, whatever yeah like yeah. dumb ditzy like party person um so, I mean, the documentary kind of starts to show you, like, how that's actually just a character, like mm-hmm. a persona that she puts on. Right. Um, like, her voice doesn't even sound like that. Doesn't she does not voice. sound like that, uh, like a nasally baby voice thing that she does. Yeah. Um, she has a fairly low, normal voice. Right. And then her, um, I mean, she's just not that ditzy, like, honestly, right? Yeah. At all. Um, but then, you know, they start to interview her family uh, her mother, her sister, Nikki Hilton mm-hmm. Rothschild. Right. Um, so we kind of get a sense of like how she grew up and then kind of what happened where she went from being like a normal kid to being more of like how we came to know her in the tabloids and like on TV, right? Right. So like just the backstory on her growing up, you know, obviously we know she's the Hilton or was the Hilton heiress, right? Right coming from money and all that but then like when she was little she was always like on camera being filmed like her dad was always filming her or like her grandmother was always trying to get her like to model and Mm -hmm. portray actresses and stuff like that yeah um so she always kind of had a knack for that sort of like being in front of the camera i think her mother was a a child model as well an actress so i mean it was kind of like in her genes i would say yeah um but that's not where things went wrong. Like, I think what went wrong was, you know, her being in the, the Hilton family, being a very conservative family, being, you know, a, a money family, right? right. Like, uh, her and Nikki were being raised very conservatively, like they were being sent to an etiquette school, and it was all very, like, prim and proper. She even describes it as being raised kind of like 
uh, almost like a Stepford wife, right? Like you right. always put in a smile. Everything's always fine. Like you don't ever show like anything but like cool and calm on the surface, right? And then, um, yeah, at some point, obviously, like they get to like teenage years and they want to start rebelling. Uh, so at some point they get to their teenage years and they want to, you know, obviously rebel a little bit. Um, they're partying and at some point Paris starts to get a, um, like a fake ID. So she starts to party a little too much. Obviously the tabloids pick it all up. Her parents start flipping out. And from there on, they start to try to like discipline her and get her to quit going out. They lock her up in the house. She still manages to get out. So at some point, they start to send her away. Um, Paris says it's because she thinks they just wanted to sort of maintain their reputation, right? Because the family is very wealthy, obviously conservative. Like it doesn't look good for them to have their daughter running around all crazy. So they end up sending her to like a, a wilderness camp, right? So that's where this starts to kind of remind me of like the whole Scientology thing. So in this wilderness camp, the kids are basically doing manual labor all day long it's not so much like oh learn how to be a girl scout or whatever it's more like they're building cabins and doing actual manual labor boot camp style you know not fun so she describes having run away from this place then like with a friend they get caught they get brought back and they get like basically the crap beat out of them in front of everybody else so i was like holy shit (laughs) right like You don't expect that, right, for somebody like uh, Paris Hilton. Right. So apparently this is like the beginning of her being sent to many, many schools like this. They call them like, um, do you remember what it was, like emotional, uh, like emotional growth schools or something like that? Yeah, some kind of like therapy school. So a lot of them are, they, they have this like sort of zen sounding like, oh, it's just like a a therapy school it's an emotional growth school whatever 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 but then it actually is more like a boot camp or like a correctional facility right um so she goes to several of these schools runs away from a couple of them the last one she gets sent to is called provo canyon school and it's in utah uh most of them are in utah right yes which I later found out. I started looking into all this because I was like, this is kind of crazy. Right. right, right. Um, but she ends up being sent to Provo Canyon School. And the way it's at the time, I forget the year that she ends up going. Or I don't know if it's even mentioned. But she's like 15, basically, I think. So, you know, still a child. Um, oh, yeah. She goes and it's marketed to parents at the time with like a video and brochures. And it's all very like... You know, happy therapy school, like, your kid's going to come out, like, great from this, right? Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening in reality is that she goes to the school, and it's like, as soon as you get there, like, they take all your stuff. People, I think, mention that they do, like, a strip search. It's like going into maximum security prison. Right, yeah, which is fucking insane that they subject the these kids yeah. Because they're kids. They're minors. To, to this. To strip. And and it sounds like in some most cases, completely naked. Yeah. And search for like weapons, contraband, like, like exactly like you said, like if they were going into a prison. Like a max prison. Right. She said there was no escaping from this one. And I mean, it gets so much worse. And it really is like if you hear about like 
like terrible like prison practices you know i know people have mentioned like prison reform and stuff like that like right this is kind of like that level of that yeah it's that high um so in this school like she describes her personal story which i feel like she doesn't even really get into like in the documentary like i feel like she just gets to like the tip of the iceberg because i feel like she can't even really talk about it that much um, but she does mention that she endured physical and emotional abuse. She mentions being like beaten and then strangled while we're there. And, um, you know, in addition to that, like they, at some point, uh, well, I guess to all the, the kids that were there, they were giving them uh, pills, mm-hmm. like unknown pills. Yeah. Not like one, but like here's a little Several. cup with like two, three pills that you right. take every day. Like you had to take them. Um she mentions that they would make them feel very like out of it, kind of sleepy mm-hmm. out of it. Um, so I think like all the kids were being sedated to some Basically, extent yeah. or like numbed out. And, um, you know, I'm sure this is like with or without any kind of diagnosis of like needing it. You or, know what I mean? Or parental consent. Or consent. Yeah. So as crazy as that is, right? Like that's one thing. But she mentions having had like a... You know, she found a way to, like, avoid taking the pills, basically. But then somebody snitched on her. Mm-hmm. So when they realized that she hadn't been taking the pills, she got in huge trouble. She got thrown into, like, a solitary confinement. Right. So they had, you know, rooms like this where they would throw kids in there for, like, 20 hours at a time. Probably more. I think she mentions her stint being, like, 20 hours, something like that. Right. Which, in some of these cases, some of these rooms only has a chair. Yeah. And a hole. Where you can do your business. Yeah. So, I mean, she mentions having been thrown in there with no clothes. And that a lot of the staff here in these places pretty much got off on, like, abusing kids. Whether that was, like, you know, screaming at them, beating them up, or, like, watching this creepy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, at some point, like, throughout the documentary, you see her get in touch with... Uh, some former survivors of this place right and so they've been doing this campaign where they are bringing awareness to uh like break the silence basically everybody's coming out and talking about what they experienced because now these people are like you know in their 30s and they're like i have like ptsd i have nightmares i can't sleep Mm -hmm. you know i can't have like healthy um you know interactions or relationships with people people. like they have crazy issues yeah so um i guess she gets in touch with like three other friends and they all kind of tell their story but um then it, it's pretty bad like one of the girls mentions like um you know that she saw like the physical emotional and even sexual abuse by the staff of, of the people that were at the school or the kids i should say and then also another one mentions like being force fed uh, i don't know if you remember anything else like in terms of what they mention it was uh, Pretty much everyone's is consistent with the. I think everybody was consistent on the a, a lot of the things that they were doing to them. The physical um, abuse, the physical for abuse. sure. And emotional. There was a lot of physical abuse. Uh, the fact that the fact that they would sit on these chairs facing the wall for like hours, hours, and all lined up. Sometimes it wouldn't just be her. Sometimes, sometimes there'd be several on the wall. Being yelled at mm-hmm. consistently, and she's, she even goes into talking about how 
Um, it was so bad that some of these people had been there for years, you mm-hmm. know, almost like forgotten in a way. Some Weird. kids, yeah, she said some people just seemed like they were just gone, gone. like mentally, and like, then like or on suicide watch. Right, even. it was like the lights were on Straight for no one was home, is what she says. Yeah, and yeah, like you said, um, there there was a there was a few people that were on suicide watch because uh, one, the, you can't have a kid commit suicide. On your mm-hmm. property, and while you're supposed to be the adult and caretaker of this child, um, two, they're an asset, essentially to the company, right? And three, you could probably, maybe, I don't know, we'll get into that about getting big trouble in in these cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, despite though there had been a few cases, and I don't remember if it's this one or one of the other ones that I saw, uh, they were on a list that they had. Uh, they had about five people die. I think it might be this one, uh, Provo Canyon, that had five kids die on their uh, while on their care, and so you start to realize, man, like this shit is still going on. And you, you once you see that she's meeting up with these former uh, people that were in there. They talk about how this fucking thing is still happening, and mm-hmm. we know it's still happening. And, but this school still fucking active, still running, and I shouldn't mm-hmm. call it a school. It's a fucking prison. Yeah, it's, it's a like camp. a cross between like a really poorly run mental asylum and a really poorly run prison. Yeah, it's not something straight out but of for the kids. 50s, like an asylum, but for kids, yeah, exactly. Where, you know, these adults, these parents are tossing their kid instead of dealing with them and trying to figure out what's actually wrong with them uh, or what's going on with them. You know, who, there, there could be a lot of things, you know, going on in the minds of these children. But instead of dealing with them and maybe taking to a doctor, taking them to a fucking professional, you decide to fucking dump them in like, the you know, in this camp. You well, know. that's the thing is, I think a lot of the parents, and I feel like, Paris Hilton's parents were like none the wiser. Right. Or if they are now, they kind of don't want to like get confronted fully get by the, the scope of what, right. how bad it was. Because, I mean, in the documentary, and obviously the documentary, it's edited like, you know, who Certainly. knows how right. much of the whole thing we're getting. But, uh, you know, one of the, I guess the producers is interviewing Paris Hilton's mother, which is, I think, like Kathy Hilton. Kathy, yeah. Uh, and she's like, you know, telling the the crew like oh you know I, I know Paris had a hard time and I know that she you know would can't, after she came back from this place she would mention that she was having nightmares but that she always kind of took it with a grain of salt right and at that point they were like uh did, you, did she tell you that she was being thrown into solitary confinement and uh, Kathy Hilton's just kind of like uh what yeah like she had no idea that it was like that kind of environment yeah exactly um so and but that's the thing is that's i know we mentioned like oh we think it was this school or this other school and that's because there's a lot of these schools Mm -hmm. it turns out that it's you know one it's marketed a certain way to the whole troubled teen industry right right but there's also a lot of these schools a lot of them are in utah (laughs) uh, which i don't really know why but i think it's become an industry and they're not cheap like no somebody like Paris Hilton's family 
and other celebrity parents yeah or other people who are as wealthy can afford these kinds of schools mm-hmm. because they're not cheap yeah and they get recommended as a place for trouble helping kids. Yeah. but like it's it's supposed to be like therapy and it's not it's not it's just like give us your kid and your money thank you very much it's Bye. like a, it's it, to me it's with okay so with the whole restraint with the torture that happens mm-hmm. uh because there is torture and the way they're they're overall the way paris was talking about how they were dealing with these uh with with the other kids and her mm-hmm. and and the medication and everything, it, it to me, it looks like what you would do with someone that you were going to brainwash. Yeah, uh, honestly. To become essentially uh, a foot soldier. You know what I mean? And so these practices, these practices themselves are not something that you would see in a, in a, in a prison. Uh, though the basics of it is very prison-like. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen anything with uh, any of the prison? Fucking check them out. Any of them yeah. in the National Geographic and Discovery Channel. Any of those, check them out. They're and, and it's exactly like that. The way she talks about it is is essentially like that. Mm-hmm. And so you start seeing like, oh shit, there's this situation happening where they're they're being subjected to these types of techniques and so you're looking at it and going holy fuck you know they're they're not fixing these kids they're no. breaking them apart Even more breaking them down to almost nothing so when they go back home they don't fight you at all yeah because they're broken and as they grow from that point you know in this pinnacle point in their life because at this point, in every child at these ages, is the time frame where it determines who essentially they'll become. And by breaking them at this point, they can be, in, in some point, in some cases, it could be catastrophic where it hurts their relationships mm-hmm. as they get older to not trust anybody, to not be ever be happy, to be sad about certain things to be emotionally uh, uh you know emotionally you know in, in solitude and alone in a way and distant just right. overall distant in certain subjects and so you know and, and you kind of wonder you know when they go home they never talk about this at all you know you, you said you know this it's taking them like 15 years or so for them to talk about this for it to like even sink maybe even to make that connection and to sink in because i think a lot of them also mentioned like you know what i blocked out a lot of that right like i have nightmares or i have trust issues or i'm paranoid or whatever but then it's like a lot of them were just like i just blocked it out right which is what you do with crazy like trauma, trauma. childhood trauma mm-hmm. uh and i mean this so this school it's still in existence uh if you were to go to provo canyon school and look it up right they have obviously heard about the paris hilton documentary that's Mm -hmm. out there talking shit about them Mm -hmm. um because the first thing you see when you go to their site is this like red message and they're like we are aware of a new documentary referencing provo canyon school they are real quick to mention that it was sold by its previous ownership in august 2000 which i mean this is 2020 right so that's going to be important in a little bit here um so they 
pretty much wash their hands and they're like, we can't comment on the operations or the patient experiences at that time. Right. You know, we are high quality care, blah, 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 blah. Still sticking to their guns on like what a great place they are. Right. Right. So I'm like, okay, like maybe that's true. But, but. if you go to their reviews, <laughs> which I like to look at reviews. You I don't like, like to yes. leave reviews, but I like right. to look at reviews yeah. of places. So I went to look at the reviews and holy shit. Like their reviews are terrible. And they're not from 20 years ago. They're from, you know, within a year, within five years. A lot so of them are recent. Within the new ownership the, and management that they... Right, within the last decade. And you you see... Well, when you were telling me, they're yeah. still the same It sounds really pattern. bad. And it's very consistent with what Paris Hilton was saying and what her other, uh, you know, people that she got together with that are other survivors of the school. Yeah. So, like, just to paraphrase through some of these, like... You know, somebody, and some of these are from people who stay there. Some of them are from parents or like relatives who sent their kid who are like, do not ever, right. you know, send your child here. Uh, so somebody mentioned that their son spent six months at uh, Provo Canyon School or PCS. And they said he still has nightmares and issues that developed there. I don't recommend this place to anyone. Uh, another person said they were uh, physically and emotionally abusive. 13 years later, still traumatized. Uh, another couple of people said that, you know, it, well, one person said it's known in the youth services industry that this is the single most abusive facility in the continental United States. If anybody, like an education consultant, refers you here, that you're working with a con artist and to be careful. That's crazy that they um, say like that. Like, somebody said... I. I know someone had mentioned they sent their kid here for like three months and they were like, we spent more money and time after that just trying to get him like counseling to recover from that place. Like in the damage that they did in that like right. short three month stint. Which is crazy. They uh, do mention that medications are being given to them. Uh, one person mentioned that they were raped by the staff. And a couple people have mentioned like sexual abuse saying that you know they saw kids disappear into rooms with staff uh i know one of the things that paris hilton mentions is that they would obviously overstep their bounds with like the abuse and like how far they took things but also that they would tell them like we're gonna tell your parents that you're lying basically like yeah. to just get out of here that, so that, yeah and, you know, they they couldn't, like, talk about it if they called home or they couldn't write to their parents because that stuff was going to get looked at or, or her worst punishment. People would just, like, not say shit. Yeah, because they're being told, hey, if you say anything, we're going to beat the shit out of you. And, and clearly they're, they're good at showing two sides of, like, you know, oh, we care about your child, whatever. And then as soon as the parents are gone, it's like, it's like you know, night and day. Right, exactly. So, I mean, there's, there's instances of people saying that they were... Um, made to fight like between the kids it's fucking crazy. like encouraged to fight or that you know somebody was assaulted by another student there and nobody did anything about it and yeah um there's a couple stories of people having broken bones for you know like accidental reasons but then the staff was like uh reluctant to get them any treatment where they were like no like you know, we'll just put you in solitary confinement or some shit like that and then three days later they show up to the doctor with a broken hand that's been you know, Turning blue swelling like yeah. for the last couple of days. 
So, like, super, super negligent. Uh, you know, basically everybody, like, warning people to stay far, far away and, like, to never send their kids here because it's, like you said, it's basically considered torture. Wasn't somebody, didn't you tell me one where they, a kid ran away and then came back in a body cast? Yeah, like, so. I, That's well, fucking insane, dude. There was some pretty bad ones, like. Um, I know I saw one where there was a, yeah, like you said, there was a kid who ran away and they caught him. He comes back in like a body cast. Another one where like she went to, um, so the solitary confinement room, they now call it the stabilization room. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the same shit. They just rebranded things. The, yeah. The, I, like I wouldn't uh, yeah. be surprised if they changed the name of the school like here pretty soon. Now they're like, getting all the bad press. Right. And I'm, I'm sure they will and say it's under new management or mm-hmm. whatever bullshit. And it, it's still, you have the same staff. You have the same regulation. It's still in the same hands, essentially. Yeah. And so, because a lot of these schools are branch-offs and are related. They're like sis- sister schools and brother schools or whatever. Yeah, they have like little like affiliate programs run by the right. same psychopath people. So Because right. they have, they have uh, I, I saw where there was... There were certain schools that there were short-term schools that there were like summer camp schools for this type yeah. of thing, um, and to me, it's just like how how do you send your kid instead of instead of keeping your kid in school in actual school, you send them to this fucking place where they're supposedly gonna learn shit, which they don't, and no proof of any certification that they're an actual like educational school because Paris went while in supposed to be in high school right this was like happening during her senior year in high school too. right so, so she didn't get uh that experience of no. a senior year i mean and she even it's really sad because she even says like it being in these schools like robs you of your childhood right and then that kind of makes me think like is that why she talks in that weird little baby and, voice and right. she has this thing where because what happens after she leaves that so after she leaves, well, I mean, after she leaves is when she becomes famous, but she has her tape leaked or whatever, right. which that happens yeah. almost like right after. But she, but like when she leaves, she rebels even more. So I think she does the she simple creates, life. She creates this persona. She, yeah, she is in the simple life mm-hmm. and she, and the people that knew her from this camp and people that just generally knew her. Mm-hmm. Um, I just genuinely know her. Uh, they see her in the simple life, and they're like, "That's not her. That's not her." Like they, they know it's her, but yeah. the way she's acting is not her. Because in the simple life, which I never saw, but I mean, they kind of like mentioned it in the documentary, which is like, right? Uh, you know, she. I know she was like made fun of a lot for like she would say that like the most like out of touch ditzy things right like i think one of the things is like what's walmart like right. do they sell so walls, walls stuff do do? there she knows what a walmart is exactly like she was uh, playing a character and it was she, like so outrageous like she didn't know how to mop which is not true because they made her mop at the they fucking, would make them do manual labor and yes. mop and clean. she knows how to saw she knows how to cut wood like she yeah. knows how to do all these things yeah because they made her fucking... She knows how to dig a hole. You know what I mean? Like, she knows how to do these manual labors mm-hmm. because she's done them at these fucking camps. Yeah. Uh, and she knows what things are. She's playing a fucking character. And I always knew she was playing a character because it didn't make sense. But you know, like, to the, the extent of, like... Yeah. You know what I mean? But to know what led to her make this character is fucking crazy bananas like i i the way i see it and i mean i'm no psychologist but i'm like i feel like she disassociated from the situation so bad yeah 
that she, she even mentions that her and her uh the best friend she had at the Provo Canyon school that they you know they blocked out a lot of it but they remember just talking about like what they're going to be when they get out and like what they're going to do and it makes it sound like that's when they started to think of like something else right to get their mind off of mm-hmm. the current which is kind of like what people started to do during trauma right disassociate and you know the fact that you see her now like whenever she's you know in on camera or like you know in a way like performing right for the audience right she switches it's yes. fucking weird it's fucking weird because you know you in the documentary you see, you hear her voice yeah you see how she's normally acting and then as soon as the camera's on or a camera's nearby, she switches this persona. Mm-hmm. Her voice changes. Her attitude changes. The way she yeah. walks changes. Everything changes. And she's performing. Yeah. Like, and even her mother does say, like, I mean, she's like, she's really smart. She's really, you know, this and that. She's like, but she puts on this mask and it's like, you know, the, the voice, the whole, like, persona that she puts mm-hmm. on. And she's like, I want to know where it comes from. Well, I think this is, this where, is where it comes, comes from. from. Like, yeah. And uh, what the sad part is that it's. I feel so bad for her because it, it's like her. Her. It seems like her parents don't give a shit, or they don't the, care. Well, her dad's never interviewed. Her dad's not interviewed. I feel like the mother is. My impression was that she may have known more than she led on to, mm-hmm. but I don't think she gave a shit. Yeah, I think it was more about like. You're ruining the family name and, you know, you will not embarrass us like that. Because she even mentions, and I felt like she had like a grudge against it, that out of the siblings of the Hiltons, Mm -hmm. the five older ones, the five older siblings Mm -hmm. got money. They got inheritance. Millions. Millions. And the four younger ones didn't. Right. And which makes her husband not get anything. But he, I know he runs the company. You know what I mean? Like he, like they makes, had to work harder for their money than the other Hilton family members, right. which they people actually had may not work. realize. Yeah. But because she had her own store, she ends up having her own store, like an antique, and store. antique store, to mm-hmm. like run and make money and shit. And though for some people, that's still more money than most people. Right. That's still more. You're of still a, not like hurting. You're not hurting, hurting. hurting. Uh, and so you're but like they have the Hilton family name. name. And Paris was on. Originally on track they have to a, being an heiress of right. some of this they stuff. Ha, they have a privilege with the right. name. And so, uh, even more so. But I, I feel like it was just like, like you said, it was more about reputation than anything else. I mean, look at the sister, Nikki Helton. I mean, I know she did her partying and stuff early on. But right. then she obviously is the more serious one of the two sisters and right. went on to she has like two kids now she's a rothschild like she's married to that definitely family. married in within the socialite of more money elite wealthy mm, people like right. you know what i mean like holy shit like the rothschilds you know what i mean yes that's no that's just not that's not just any name. name yeah that's not just um, random shit <laughs> meanwhile paris hilton can't even like have a boyfriend Can <laughs> that's keep normal a relationship because of her situation, unfortunately. Yeah, like she has trust um, issues. And yes, it's... a lot of trust issues. And you see that throughout the documentary. The the amounts of laptops. Just the amounts of laptops. The I was just like, what the fuck? The surveillance. Yeah. Uh, the paranoia. Uh, the and, and in a way, I feel like she... 
goes into these relationships where it's almost like no that dude it's almost like when you see a movie and then like no that's the bad guy oh no don't get like with the that. red flags that everybody else to everybody else are like you know blaring red flags like that dude, lights like not that guy and she's like guy. oh he's cute let me no, date that guy no bitch <laughs> he's gonna choke you and hurt you and maybe even kill you yeah and she yes. mentioned she has the history of uh they show the pictures and everything yeah of, like all the bruising and shit oh, dude, that's and you you kind of you see him and, and 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 this is to everybody and this is to everybody that this can happen to anybody mm-hmm. you know what i mean to be stuck in a relationship with the with the other person that you like and maybe love uh that is abusing you mm-hmm. and psychologically and, and physically and she mentions that it's like it's hard to know cuz like if you got mistreated so badly then you know, sometimes you don't know the difference of like if somebody's abusive, you think that, well, they're like that because they love me so much, right? Like they they're they love me so much that's why they're going so crazy. But it's like no, that's not healthy. Like that's not how somebody shows love, right? Like not. She mentions being like strangled and it's like what having phones and computers thrown no, at her. No like bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's not right. That's not that's, how that's supposed to work. That's, yeah. That's supposed so. to strangle you? What? Like, no, get out of there. Uh, it's just—it's really tough to like to listen, and and for a lot of people, this might be a trigger. This might be—I'll I'll give you the warning now. This it's, might. This it's might. Late for oh, the shit, trigger. The right. trigger should have probably. Well, we should probably point in the beginning. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> but I, I think at at the end of the day, there is you see a lot, but not enough. I feel yeah. like there should be a follow up. There should be a series. Like she, she needs she therapy. Talk. I don't know if she's ever been to therapy, but like she needs therapy. And, and you see that she is has no intentions of slowing down. Yeah, she even can't though, slow down. Even though she should, even though she should step away from her business, though it you know her business generates millions of dollars. Uh, well, she mentions like, and that's the other thing I was going to mention is like she has. Uh, I think she said like nineteen product, 19 lines, product lines. You know, all kinds of fragrances and and things. She's a DJ. She's like a she's. DJ. She does a lot, right? And right. she's she's not the the reality star that she used to be, but like she's she has an empire. She has, you know what I mean? It's definitely an empire. Like she, I think she travels like two hundred fifty days a year, or something like that, to keep up with everything. Mm-hmm. And like I, although on the outside you're like, wow, that's you know very ambitious, very successful. Like I think it stems from like the shit she went through, right? Because you know she wanted to be this character that she envisioned right while right. being like locked up and tormented mm-hmm. she became that character and then she wanted to make so much money that she never needed to be you know controlled by her parents ever again right because and she, she beca- wanted to have all the stuff because they took all her stuff and she became very independent yeah extremely and independent. now she's like i can't stop <laughs> and, yeah uh, because she said oh when i when, what did she say when she hits 100 million she would be satisfied and making uh, of money 100 yeah. million and 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 now she wants to hit a billion before she can retire, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but even if she hit a billion, I don't think she would be happy. I think we talked about that. That yeah, you know, you she say you're going to be happy. happy. You say you're going to be happy when you hit this, when you get this, when you get that, and that's not how that works. And I feel like that time frame of all this shit happening and what happened to her mm-hmm. derailed oh, that yeah. her from learning that lesson that. That's not going to make you happy. 
that these, you know, even if you say that's not what makes you happy, that's not how that works. And you can't be happy all the time. You know, that's you, well, why would you be happy all the time? Well, it's a state of mind, too, because, you, you know, you could say I'll be happy when I have a million dollars. But then what if you, you know, get to a million dollars and then like, you know, I don't know, like you have an illness or something. Yeah. Like you, you won't necessarily be happy then because you have this other thing going on. So like you have to make the most of like. Yeah. What you have now, yeah. kind of thing. And I think that's that's a whole different lesson that I don't think she's gonna learn. Yeah. Uh, and and it's just, it just makes it difficult uh, to see and to watch that she's gonna go through this. And it it also it's sad that she doesn't know if she even trusts her inner circle, if they're her real friends or not. You know, she calls them friends, but are they friends? Like she has that doubt somewhere back there. Yeah, you know, if, if it reminds me of the whole Britney Spears thing, like the, right. you know, no, like yeah. you're, you're surrounded by right. like the exactly. worst people ever. Like they, they don't have your best interests. Yes, because you, and you know, mind, they're like, money leechers. Yeah, leeches? yeah, because I money mean, money leeches, sure, leeches? money leechers. Um, so <laughs> because they're there for, for what you have. Yeah, you know, they want what you have. You have a lot, and like you're there. Their source of paycheck, so right. they're not going to be like, "Oh, take a vacation. They're, you look tired." Like they're going to be like, "No." Like I think Nikki was the one that said she's surrounded by yesers. Yeah, yes people and yes ass people. kissers and yeah. like you know. So they're not there for her best interests, and right. she's right. Uh, it's it's weird to see that her sister is more grounded. In yeah, a way. she is uh, because she tries. You, you see in the documentary, she tries to tell her. You need to take an actual vacation. She's like, are you happy? Like, are you really happy? <laughs> right. And she reminds her of a, a thing she said before. And so you're kind of like, dang, she's the voice of reason in a way. And yeah. she's trying to tell her, you need to slow down. You need to stop with the social thing. Take a real vacation. Don't be on your phone. Yeah. Live in the moment. Because she, you, you see it when she goes in a quote-unquote vacation she's not on a vacation no you're not vacationing you know you're not enjoying the moment and i mean i know that's like you know that's basically like her job but at the same time you're like okay if every single day you're in a hotel like most people if they go on vacation they go somewhere they go to a hotel but i'm like if that's what you do all All year round like maybe just going home is your vacation like just like indoors not doing shit for a week and she talks about what she prefers to be in because she's every day, every so often, every hour almost. Very glam. Very glam. Different outfits consistently. Constantly, yeah. She even says she is, she's never photographed with the same outfit twice. twice. Yeah. And she's not because you see. I'm just see, like, oh, I want a closet like her, so I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but she, they're, they're, all clothes, they're all clothes in rotation. Yeah. You know? She's there to just sample it. Try it on, you know. Take a picture. Like of they it, told whatever. me to promote this, so I'm gonna wear it and be like, "Oh my god, look oh, at this! Look at this! Whatever!" Amazing and then thing, switch and then... outfits in the next hour because in one scene, I think I said, "Shit!" I saw her change in five outfits in one scene. Yeah, and she it was her. It was going, like in the thirty minutes span. <laughs> and, and she in the thirty minutes span that she's uh, looking through clothes that she's gonna take to go to her, uh, what is it like South Korea tour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, she changes in five six different outfits. And this is her planning. This is her out five six outfits in planning to to take other clothes to the airport. Like that that was it. Well, in the middle of packing. In the middle of packing. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, what the fuck? And so she goes through so many. I think there was like shirts or whatever. But she even says that 
She'd rather be in her pajamas, mm-hmm. sneakers. Like sweats, comfy shit. Yeah, comfy shit. And so... Like, she, none of it... And she says, like, none of the clothes and the shoes and all that matters to her. And her sister says, well, she's... She's like, I was the more girly and she was more the tomboyish. Yeah. And you see that. In Which the, is weird, though, because then you're like, well, that's her whole life. So, if she doesn't have people around her who she trusts and none of the other shit means to, anything to her, like, you know she's not happy. Right. Because what else do you have? You yeah, know what I mean? Like, exactly. you don't have anything. Yeah. It's just... It sucks. And overall, I think overall to me, uh, just to summarize it, great documentary. You should watch it. It gives you an insight. Unfortunately, it doesn't give you a more in-depth insight of of that particular situation that happened to her with this camp. But I, feel I think like she started a dialogue. A dialogue. Because she is who she is. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's going to hopefully bring awareness to, like, the whole, you know, as they call it, the troubled teen industry of right. utah yeah and, and it's all other utah states. it's yeah. a lot of utah but i mean it's not new like i know i came across a thing that was i forgot to mention earlier but it was that dr phil thing oh yes dr phil yes this the was like back in 2005 i guess uh there was an episode where there was like you know how he has people come on his show when they're like right. very rebellious like f you kind of kids right <laughs> they had a family on there with a 15 year old daughter who was showing like destructive behavior and dr phil's solution was to send her to provo canyon school yeah and he was like oh they do tough love and i support this kind of whatever and not only do they recommend to the parents to send this girl there but he actually like arranged her enrollment there and he's like oh they have a, a proven record of turning kids lives around right but at that time, like, I think, like, three students came forward from the school and were like, you should not be promoting this school. That It was yeah. as bad as a maximum security prison. Like, as, as bad as anything you would see in a max security prison. Yeah. Uh, one of the girls said that uh, she had overdosed on pills after a failed suicide attempt because a family member had abused her. And then she got sent to this school in the name of therapeutic treatment right, right. dealing with something like that mm-hmm. and because they made it seem like some kind of therapist around the clock you know just there for you kind of thing and it was not what happened at all like back even in 2005 they as soon as she got there they took away all her stuff they you know take your clothes no right. privacy you're always in someone's sight, like getting dressed, showering, what, like bathroom, like everything. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, like they're they were being abusive even well after this so-called yeah I mean, ownership the, change. The abuse continued. Like she mentions being made to stand in one place for ten to twelve hours, staring at a wall, which consistent with what Parrot says. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That the rooms were cold, damp, and not clean. Right. Bugs. Um. They had an observation room, which was just a cold, dark, empty room with no bed, no toilet. They had to relieve themselves in a fucking, like, drain on the floor. Uh, yeah, a hole on the ground. Yeah. Um, you know, and people having their arms, nose, ribs broken by the staff. Like, yeah. You know. And a lot of them lost weight because yes. of the malnourishment. The food was really bad. S- sour and lumpy milk? Jesus Christ. Like, what the fuck? It's fucking gross. Yeah, and the fact that Dr. Phil would recommend a show without the adequate research 
to see if the if if the if it checked out. Yeah. Like, come on, don't recommend something if you personally don't know it. Uh, what 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 a fail, and <laughs> it is. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, it, you know, hopefully, you know, Paris gets the help that she needs. That there is more of a spotlight on this, you know, situation with these fucking camps. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully they get exposed more, like Scientology is getting exposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. parents don't send their kids here thinking that yes. it's what the video and the brochure shows. Right. Like, look at the reviews, look at the, look reviews. the documentaries, you know, do think the, twice. Do your research. Yeah. And just tell everybody about it. You know what I mean? Just tell everybody because this is, this is some bullshit. Because these, these places, I mean, I mentioned that they're expensive for the families, but it's also... A lot of times government funded or state funded. Oh, right. They're getting a lot of money from even other states and from... Uh... Because <laughs> it's a Mormon state and the CIA supposedly recruits from there. The NSA supposedly oh, recruits yes. you from uh, so there. So one of the comments um, on the reviews, right? They're like, maybe like going to another rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like one of the people mentions like, you know, that the... Uh, BYU, which is Birmingham Young University, University right? Um, it's a known fact that the CIA and the FBI actively recruit from there. And I was like, that's fucking weird, right? Like, why right. there? Like, yeah, of all places. Um, well, I mean, everybody knows that there's a high Mormon population there, and I was like, but why Mormons? You know, they're like, no offense to Mormons, but I was like, but why? Like, right. you know, what's the rationale there? Like, one of the criteria for uh, FBI and especially CIA is that they want people who are well-traveled and that are, like, you know, good with foreign languages and cultures or at least immersing in them, right? Mm -hmm. And what better than Mormons who go traveling around the world on these, like, missionary trips. Trying to convert people. Yeah, and they, they, they can go and talk to anybody because that's what they do. They're always just, like... They're trained to they'll, do they'll try to like convert you to their religion and you don't even speak the language so like right. that's what they do yeah that's exactly what they um, do and the other thing is they abstain from drinking and smoking so, so they have very low clean records crime and clean records and therefore you can get those security clearances and for them they're not gonna they're not gonna be compromised right in that situation and so I was like well that's interesting because you know same same communities are the ones that staff these schools, and it makes you wonder if they're not using some of the same tactics exactly that the CIA and, and the FBI uses on these kids. And that's what's even more concerning: that what if some, what if some of these people who are trainees for any of these alphabet organizations <laughs> are working there using these skills? Yeah, to do it, and to also see, to see what happens to see if they can do it to kids. Yeah, because to see if they can do it. It honestly like. The whole, like, I know I'm going to go into another rabbit hole, but, like, the whole MK Ultra thing and the mind control stuff, it was always about splitting people's minds, having them mm-hmm. disassociate from mm-hmm. the trauma, and then see, you know, what happens. And controlling them. Yeah. Right. And then you see something like Paris Hilton, and you're like, holy shit, <laughs> that's kind of like then, what happened to her. And then you think about, like, what if somebody that at some point came back into your life that was related to any of these alphabet organizations... Mm-hmm. And may have a trigger warning for her or like some kind of yeah. thing for her or, you know what I mean? Like have her do the something. The fact that a lot of these people blocked out memories and were on drugs makes right. me wonder like how much do they not remember? Yes, because they have so much blocked That's out. That's what's so crazy. Because even the documentary, one of them talk, starts talking about something and Paris didn't remember. And Paris was the one who did it. Like she said something and Paris completely didn't remember it. 
Yeah. It was something about like explaining something calculus or some shit like that. Yeah. And she blocked it out, but the other girls remember it, which is crazy that she couldn't. They all remember. have like different weird memories, and it's almost like well, maybe some of them were lucid then, but others weren't. Right. And it's just like now they're just trying to like piece the puzzle Puzzled back, the but they're missing yeah. like half the pieces. You know right. what I mean? Like. I just hope her life doesn't end in tragedy. No, I mean she's she's thirty nine. I think she's she's more self aware that something's wrong. You know what right. I mean? But like, she does need to deal with it because well, yeah, it's she's, obviously affecting her. Yeah, and well, you see that she's obviously not sleeping very well, and she's taking no. stuff that I don't know what she's taking to sleep or not to sleep or whatever. She can't sleep. She has nightmares every night of when they took her. Right, because which, obviously trauma. Yeah. Because they get kidnapped. That's the other thing is they use these like agencies yes. where it's legal to like literally come to your house and like snatch your kid out of bed. As long as the parents sign for it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, the parents consented, but that's traumatizing as fuck. You know? Yeah. Can you imagine? No. I mean, that's... No, I cannot imagine. That's <laughs> fucking crazy. Uh, but I mean, I don't know, man. It's, it's a trip. It is a trip. Um, it's a rabbit hole. Like, I recommend checking it out. Check it out. to be like... In shock of some of the stuff. That oh, happens. yeah. It's appalling. And hopefully you guys can check it out. And again, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll be posting this uh, and a lot of the news articles that I talked about in the beginning. And again, share, like, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter. And again, like on iTunes because <laughs> that's how we get seen. And we'll see you on the next episode. Later. Later.